0: Greetings friends around the world, this is Dr. Bob Teal for the Bible News Prophecy channel. I want to talk about the religion of safetyism and parables of Jesus. While many government officials have been promoting fear and often hypocrisy, we all need to understand that Christians don't need to fear. But is secular safetyism some type of a new religion? Well, columnist and radio personality Dennis Prager used this particular term in an article. I want to read the headline and just a few lines from this article. The destructive religion of safetyism. As many observers have noted, staying safe has become a religion. Safetyism, as it's sometimes called, like all religions, places what it values, in this case being safe, above Other values. Safetyism explains the willingness of Americans to give up their most cherished values, including liberty, in the name of safety for the last year and a half. Millions of Americans not only gave up their right to go to work, earn a living, attend church or synagogue and visit friends and relatives, but they even gave up their right to visit dying relatives and friends. The acceptance of such cruelty irrational and unscientific cruelty, one might add, can only be explained by the failure of generations of schools and parents to teach liberty while successfully teaching the worship of safety. And, of course, if political leaders and leaders in science and medicine have to lie for the sake of safety, so be it. Truth, too, is less important than safety. None of this is new. For two generations now, safety has increasingly deprived Americans of joys as well as freedoms. Now, there's a couple of points I wanted to consider. The first is that fear has been used extensively throughout history. And this has been true around the world, particularly related to the novel coronavirus, which is called COVID-19. But I'd like to read something from the book of Psalms. I'm going to go to the 146th Psalm, read verse 3. We'll be using the New King James Version of the Bible. Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man, in whom there is no help. Those who don't have real faith foolishly trust in men. And the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 4.13 said those are people who have no real hope, unlike Christians which do. Now, The second point I want to make is that even though they shouldn't, most Christians are accepting a type of uh, safetyism. Now consider, though, something that Jesus taught. This will be from Luke 12, verse 32. Jesus said, Do not fear, little flock, for it your is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Christians are not supposed to live in fear. Jesus also said, this will be from John 16, verse 33, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Jesus was telling Christians to follow him, despite difficulties, essentially going his way fully and not going towards some type of safetyism instead. Of course, now, the continuing Church of God, we didn't stop having church services. Yeah, we made some minor modifications in places where we had larger congregations. For example, some places in Africa, instead of everybody getting together, we would have two or three separate services uh, so we weren't uh, intentionally going past the government guidelines, but we still held church services, and we took other steps uh, throughout this particular year. Now, of course, being a Christian is more than just attending church services. While many in the government, and political leaders, have been promoting fear, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, verse 25, the fear of man brings a snare but whoever trusts the Lord will be saved. It's a snare to go the way of humans with the way they do with fear, etc. Jesus promised never to forsake his true followers. I of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 13, starting in verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things you have, for he himself, as Jesus, has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Then the Apostle Paul also talked about fear. You don't have to go there, but 2 Timothy chapter uh, 1, verse 7, Paul wrote, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. We show love by being Philadelphian Christians, by supporting the work of proclaiming the good news, the gospel of the good news, the kingdom of God for the world, as well as to help the poor. We're all supposed to trust God. We're going to go to the Old Testament again. This time we're going go to Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Well, if you have a fear of disobeying God, we have to depart from evil. The depart from evil is more than not doing something that's wrong, not doing what's good is evil. Really? Well, James wrote in James chapter 4, verse 17, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Now, I'd like to look at a couple of parables from Jesus. You might want to follow along in your own Bible, but I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 25. It's a little bit long, but I want to read this, starting in verse 14. Jesus said, for the king of heaven is like a man travelling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his ability, and immediately he went on a journey. But when he who who he had received the five talents went and traded with him, and made another five talents. And likewise he who received two talents, two more also. But he who received one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of the servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received the five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides these. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So we see people have different talents and they're supposed to do something. And if they do, they're rewarded according to the fact that they're doing what God wants them to do. Now let's pick this up in verse twenty-four. Then he who received the one talent came and said, "Lord, I knew you were hard to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering which you have not gathered seed, scattered seed. And I was afraid, and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours." But this Lord answered, said to him, "You wicked and lazy servant." You knew I reap where I haven't sown, and gather where I haven't scattered seed. So you ought to deposit my money with the bankers, and at my coming I have to receive back my own with interest. So take the talent from him, and give it back to him as ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth." Notice there was one; he was afraid he would not truly support the work. Not only wasn't he praised, but he was called wicked and lazy. A lot of people think it's too hard to figure out which Christian church is most faithful, and I think that's consistent with laziness. Now I want to go to another pal- tal- parable from Jesus. It's not about the talents, but this time we're going to go to Luke, Luke chapter. Uh, twelve. I'm going to bounce around a little bit here, but we're going to start with verse thirty seven. Jesus said, Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Verse 40. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming an hour you do not expect. Verse 42. Who then is that faithful and wise steward? Whom his master will make ruler over his household to give him their portion of food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say that he will make him ruler over all he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and he begins to beat his male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him and at an hour where he's not aware. And cut him in two, and appoint his portion, him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant, who knew his master's will, and did not prepare himself, or do according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. He who did not know, yet committed things during, deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with few. For everyone whose much has been given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more." Most, sadly, are satisfied enough with their situation that they won't change and support the Philadelphia work in the end times. Now, I want to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Read some things from the Apostle Paul. We'll also bounce around the chapter a little bit. We'll start with verse 3, 1 Thessalonians 5. For when they say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape... But you, brethren, are not in the darkness, so this day shall overtake you as a thief. Verse eleven. Therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you are also doing. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast which is good, abstain from every form of evil. We should not fall for false promises, but take comfort in the word of God. We can do so if we don't despise prophecies. If we test all things, we hold fast to that which is good and abstain from evil, including the evil of not doing good. Now, I want to go to Revelation chapter 3, read several verses here from Jesus. Now, this is not a parable, but these are words Jesus said to warn Christians, because most end-time Christians will not truly be Philadelphian. Uh, They will not have tested all things, And many despise prophecies, even though they won't tell you they did that. They don't think they actually have. Anyway, starting verse 14 of Revelation 3. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things, says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I'm rich, I become wealthy. I have no need of nothing. I have need of nothing. You do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy for me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, in white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If every, anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. So Jesus is telling Laodiceans to repent, to pay closer attention to his word and do what it says and support his work. There's a lot of unique statements here. One is the term Laodiceans is plural, indicating there's multiple groups called this way who think they're safe, yet they'll be vomited out of his mouth, because they think they're self-sufficient, not knowing that they're miserable and blind. And Jesus says he loves them, he brooks them and chastens them, but he's got to knock to see if they'll answer. And will they change to support the work as they should and live like a true Philadelphian? Furthermore, in other passages, the Bible shows that most Laodiceans are going to die uh, during the Great Tribulation. Being safe, instead of supporting the Philadelphian work, will not work out well for the Laodiceans unless they repent and change. But sadly, most end-time Christians, real Christians, have accepted Laodicean safetyism. Don't be like those, nor like those in the world, who have no hope in this life. Believe Jesus, understand his parables, and do good. Not doing good shows wickedness and laziness, and that is not acceptable, according to the words of Jesus, our Savior. This is Dr. Bob Teal for the Bible News Prophecy Channel.